Well, everybody, it's good to be with you one last time. Oh, isn't that sad? So I'm going to boot, boot this up. There it goes. I want to talk to you very briefly. I don't want to take as much time as I normally do when I get to speak, but it is good for us. And I'm the kind of person, I'm already cutting myself off. I'm the kind of person who's not like, I don't fully understand or embrace sometimes. What is, what is Christmas spirit? What's that about? That, that combination of two words even just feels a little cheesy, you know, coming out of the mouth, you know? So it's like, how do we embrace that? What, what kind of, what can we see in the Bible as far as what meaning and just richness does this holiday that we're stepping into, that we're celebrating tonight, Christmas challenge, uh, what meaning does it have for our lives? And how can we dive into that in a way that's beyond just a cultural understanding of what Christmas is or what Christmas represents? I'm going to jump into this. John 1, verse 14. You don't have a handout or anything, but there is some stuff up here if you're interested. John 1, 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Christmas is a call to worship. Christmas is a call to worship. God's glory came down to earth in the form of Jesus' Jesus's incarnation as God's son, as, as a baby. And that, and we as mankind have seen his glory as a result of his incarnation, his being here present with us 2,000 years ago, and we celebrate that at Christmas. Christmas is a call to worship. Uh, as I read that verse, I have a bi uh, study Bible, and it has this to share about that idea. This is the most amazing event in all of history. The eternal, omnipotent, omnipresent, infinitely holy Son of God took on a human nature, and lived among humanity as one who was both God and man at the same time in one person. This is crucial. This is significant. This is huge. Heaven came down to earth. That's the premise. And so this very event of Christmas is glorious. It's miraculous. It's worthy of our attention. And the wise men in the Christmas story, when you read that, in Matthew, it's talking about these wise men, and they go to check out a star in the distance, and they eventually are drawn to the Messiah, who they've been looking for. And they're drawn in, and going into the house, Matthew 2, going into the house, these wise men saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. They fell down. So, what is worship? If we're trying to figure out what Christmas is, Christmas, Christmas is a call to worship. What is worship? It's a word that I, and perhaps many other people, in kind of the Christian-y zone, like to throw around, yeah? And we talk about worship as this thing that we sing, and there's this kind of vague, I think, understanding, for myself even, for many moments of my walk with God, there's been a vague understanding of what does, that, what does that mean to worship God beyond just, you know, 
sing, singing some songs here every Tuesday, Sunday, whatever you want to do. I've got a handy definition here that I want to, to, to jump off of from John Piper. He says, worship is a way of gladly reflecting back to God the radiance of his worth. Worship is a way of gladly reflecting back to God the radiance of his worth. Worship is our response to God's glory. Just like the wise men fell down and worshiped in response to the glory of the Messiah coming, of heaven coming down. Worship is a response to God's glory. And we have seen his glory like John 1 says. And this is especially important for us too. We as people, what's your nature to glorify? What's in your nature to worship? Is, it's, it's you <laughs> is the answer to that question. You are inwardly oriented toward, and myself included, I'm not, it's not just on you. We are inwardly oriented toward making it about ourselves, about glorifying ourselves, about worshiping the God of self. And for us to, to turn that focus around and to shed that light on God, on God the Son with us, is, means a whole just shift in our entire way of thinking, our whole direction in life. We need to bring glory to God instead of glory to self, which means rejecting our natural inclination. That means rejecting our natural inclination. So that's huge. And we need God's help too, to even, to even do that, to even move on beyond ourselves and the, the natural worship of self. And so how do we worship? How do we respond? How do we worship and glorify God this Christmas season? I have some thoughts about this from the Bible. The first of two, not too long, don't worry. Praise him and proclaim him verbally. Praise him and proclaim him verbally. Psalm 96, verses 7 and 8 say, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. This is interesting. This is almost strange. I'm trying to figure out how does this work? How do you ascribe to God the glory due his name? What does that mean? It does not mean that we're adding to his glory. We can't, I can't add to God's glory. He's already totally glorious. For all of time, God already has the exact amount of glory that he deserves. But our worship, our glorifying him, brings us in line with God's will for us, for you. And it brings him pleasure. It brings him honor in a way that it blesses us too. And so when we ascribe to the glory, him the glory to his name, it means assigning for yourself and publicly before others, assigning him the accurate amount of glory that he deserves, which is all of it. <laughs> yeah? God deserves all glory, all worship that we can muster. And so we can, there's different ways of us praising, right? And proclaiming his goodness, his glory. And so on every Tuesday, we come together and we sing these worship songs. And we can joyfully sing these songs 
as a way of reflecting this radiance back to him, right? And, and honoring him by, by saying with our lips, with our voices, God, this is how much you mean to me. This is how much you're worth. This is what kind of value you have. These are important things to, be, to have in your mind as, you're, as you might be tempted to kind of just sort of naturally, uh, instinctively sing a song along with, with the band, right? And then we can also worship him through our words among other people, right? To bear witness to his glory, to bear witness to what he's done in, in my life. And to say, God, God did that. I was blind and now I can see, right? And that is every person's story who was crossed over from death to life, who has chosen God's free gift of eternal life. I was blind and now I can see. And we can proclaim his glory to the people around us. Either the people that you're going to be around with your roommates in the next week or two, or even at home with family, proclaiming his glory among those people, among all people that were around, as well as praising him in through song and this very old tradition of, of praising him in that way. And then secondly, of two, don't worry, produce good fruit. Just produce good fruit. Jesus is speaking, adult Jesus, not baby, not baby Christmas Jesus. John 15, eight, he says, by this, my father is glorified. How? That's, that's, worth knowing. <laughs> By what? How is, how is God glorified, Jesus? That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. What does that mean, bear much fruit? I'm not talking literally. Bearing fruit entails doing the good that God has called you to and producing after your own kind to be a disciple who makes disciples. Zebras make zebras. Yes. And apple trees make apples. And disciples make disciples who make disciples. <laughs> I wanted to see how long I can get away with letting that word hang in the air. One more important truth I want to mention before I close. We're almost done. And we all, this is in 2 Corinthians, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, just like John 1 said, right? We have seen his glory. Beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image, into God's image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now that Jesus has come, now that Christmas has happened, the veil is lifted, and we have access to God. And our continued worship of God, this is interesting, our continued worship of God and beholding of him plays a role in our transformation to be more like God. Our continued worship of God in our lives, over your break, tonight, plays a role in our transformation to be more like God. Are you wondering how to reach the next level in your walk with God? Worship him. Behold his glory. As we step into a time of worship right now, very soon here, through song, I encourage you to behold God's glory. And even though he's not set before us in a visual way right now, use the time of worship music to reflect upon God's worth 
and reflect it back to him. Christmas is a call to worship. At this time of year, we have this opportunity to draw our attention to the wonder of Jesus' incarnation and to fall down in worship as a response. Pray with me. Father, thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. It is through the things that we celebrate in this time of year, these realities of your son coming down to live and to die in our place and to be raised again. God, you have made a way for the veil to be lifted and we get to behold you. We get to see you, which enables us to worship you even louder and even more significantly than before. We want to lift you up in genuine and joyful praise tonight. So please lead us, Lord, lead us in glorifying you every day through praise, through proclamation of your name, your glory, and production of good fruit. God, change us, transform us to be like you as we reflect your glory, as we reflect upon it, as we reflect it out to a world in need, in desperate need of that glory of Christmas. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.